there. This is Brian again with Mid-City Vineyard Church. Mid-City Vineyard is a community of faith located in the Mid-City community, here to serve the Mid-City community. And if you want to learn a little bit more about us, you can check us out on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard, Instagram at Mid-City Vineyard, or online, midcityvineyard.org. We worship on Saturday nights at 6 o'clock at 4302 Canal, and we'd love to have you at any time that you want to stop on in and worship with us. This past weekend, we celebrated our two-year anniversary. It was a fantastic uh, celebration for us, two years in Mid-City, just serving the community and being connected uh, with one another. And so for this particular week, uh, as opposed to a, a traditional teaching, uh, we had a number of people from our Mid-City community who stood up and just said a little bit about uh, what God has been doing in their lives and how Mid-City has played a part in that. So we thank you for checking it out. Let's get on over to the podcast, listen to some of those stories. Much peace to you. So tonight we celebrate two years of being Mid-City Vineyard right here in Mid-City. And uh, man, I, I don't know, one year was fun, two years just felt like, I, I don't know, it feels like a real accomplishment. It feels like something really cool. And then... Uh, a little bit later, we're going to, in just a minute, we have a, a slideshow with some pictures and some things of, of just uh, how we've been engaged in Mid-City over the last uh, year and a half, two years. Uh, well, I pulled the pictures from the last year, but it was mind-blowing to me just how amazing you guys are and how much like we've already been able to just connect in our community. Because you guys know, Mid-City Vineyard, uh, we planted from the very beginning with the intention of being a community of faith in the community, for the community. And so, as you guys know, we focus our time and our energy and our attention right here in Mid-City. We've asked everyone uh, who's part of Mid-City Vineyard to, to consider either living in Mid-City. And some of you have taken, uh, taken that up and, and you're really pursuing living in Mid-City. Uh, if you can't do that, we've asked you to consider working in Mid-City. And if you can't do that, we've asked everyone to at least adopt a, a, a business or a, a bakery or, or some, something in Mid-City and, and invest your time and your resources and your money uh, and your energy here. And, and we've been doing a lot of that. And I think that the Holy Spirit has really uh, been breathing on a lot of the stuff that's taking place in the community, just as we have a chance to serve our community. And from the very beginning, that's the type of church we desire to be, a community of faith where we're connected to each other. And, and then we move out and we're very connected in our community. And so I think very exciting things are happening. And so tonight, here's what we decided to do. We've asked a couple of people who are part of Mid-City Vineyard. Actually, uh, they volunteered, uh, a good number of them, to, to share a little bit of what their experience has been like. Uh, engaging with the Holy Spirit, engaging with Mid-City Vineyard, and how God has been using our community of faith here in their lives as the Spirit of God has been... Uh, just drawing them and, and, and pulling them closer uh, to herself. And so tonight, I'm going to invite a couple of folks at, at different times, and, and we're just going to hear a couple of stories this evening. Does that, does that work for you guys? As opposed to me preaching something and teaching something. Um, so we're, we're going to jump right into that this evening. And uh, up first tonight is Jeremy. So Jeremy, why don't you come on and uh, tell us what you got. Welcome, Jeremy. Okay, well, that's fine. Hi. My name's Jeremy, and um, 
I'd like to start by telling you how I got here. Like many native New Orleanians, I was raised Catholic. Raised in good Catholic schools, raised in a good Catholic home, good Catholic parents. My father was such a good Catholic that uh, after my mother passed away, he married a nun. I mean, we were Catholic, you understand? <laughs> and there are wonderful things about the Catholic Church. And like I did, you can get married in the Catholic Church. And that's a good thing. And you can be a practicing Catholic. And you can get divorced and continue to be a practicing Catholic. I got divorced, I continue to be a practicing Catholic. Ah, but don't get remarried. No, 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 no. You can't be a practicing Catholic anymore. So when Connie and I got married, I began going to church with Connie at the Kenner Vineyard. And that's how I began my relationship with the Vineyard Churches of America. And I went and we went on a very regular basis and attempted to be involved in a couple of things there and, and never really felt connected, if you will. And one day Brian got up and spoke instead of Phil. And uh, what he had to say that day, and I, I wish I could tell you what it was. I don't remember, but I remember, no, but I remember that it touched, no, I remember that it touched me, and I told Connie on the way home, I need to reach out to that guy. I need to get to know him. And there was no doubt in my mind that that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Now, I didn't act on that. And I never picked up the phone and called him. Fast forward months, maybe years later, and Brian announced at service at Kenner that he was going to plant a new church. And this time the Holy Spirit hit me. And he said, dude, you got to pick up the phone. <laughs> and so I picked up the phone, and Connie and I had, had uh, coffee uh, one morning with Brian after she and I had had long discussions about it and said, we would like to be a part of the plant team. And that's how we got here. So now I've become part of the plant team. And for any of you that know me or have spoken to me for more than five or 10 minutes, I kind of have an ego. <laughs> nah, I've really got an ego. And my ego said, yeah, you need to be part of the leadership team of this new church. And I thought that's what my calling was. But I found out it's not. Because along with this ego, and there's some good things about having an ego. You work hard, you hold yourself to a high standard. But there's some also negative things, and I happen to be someone that from time to time can be judgmental. And for those people that know me, you've seen that. And you love me anyway, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but what I've learned through being here every week and connecting with people here and getting to know people here is that although we all come from different backgrounds, different social backgrounds, different economic backgrounds, different geographical backgrounds, different religious backgrounds. Some of us from 
one parent homes, some of us from two parent homes, some of us from tough situations, some of us from not so tough situations. But we're all the same. Because we're all here for the same reason. We're all here for a better relationship with God. And we gain that through each other. So I'm here to thank all of you for helping the Holy Spirit to teach me what's really important. And I thank you very much. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, I've asked... Uh, I've asked Javier uh, to, to speak. I, yeah, that's, I'm going to leave it at that. Jeremy, I, I just want to confirm and just uh, agree with what you were saying there. I think that, um, you know, we talk about that a lot. We talk about the importance of being connected to each other and how God uses. I, I could preach sermons all day long, but from Jeremy's own testimony or whatever you want to call that, we don't remember those sermons. Um, what we remember is how we connect and what, what God does with us through through one another. So, man, that was incredible. Thank you for that, really. Javier. Hard act to follow. Oh, yeah. You got this. <laughs> uh, I stutter, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, my name is Javier. Um, some of you may know me. Some of you may not. And that's because my wife and I and the two girls have only started coming here maybe about a few months ago. Um, and the reason we decided to want to be a part of this, this, this little thing about talking about our, our story with Vineyard is because, well, we, we actually we served in a church that was in Mid-City prior to this, um, but it closed its doors. And it broke our hearts because we, we, we love the church. The church uh, is to us was like family. It's, it's, it's our place to go to from, 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 from school and work kind of thing. But when, when it closed, you know, we went through a period where we were just kind of all right, well, let's, let's take a moment to kind of breathe and kind of take things in and kind of process and transition. And then let's go back out there and look for a church. And we visited a couple of churches. We did. We, we really did. We tried to, to date the churches, as they say, like stay with them. And, 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 but one of those churches happened to be Vineyard here in Mid-City. And the reason is because, well, we, we served in a church in Mid-City, and we thought, well, that's a special connection to us. What we found was actually that one of the things we liked about Mid one of the things we still like about uh, Mid City Vineyard is is the family feel. Um, our previous church actually had that feeling, and, and you, you come in through the doors and you don't feel like a total stranger, but someone's welcoming you. Someone's coming up and sometimes offering you coffee, and I love coffee. Someone's you know someone's there, and you don't you you don't feel like an island. And when we we kind of went back and forth a couple of times, and we thought you know that's a lasting memory is the church is is active and moving and. Even though it's not a mega church uh, like other churches, it's, it's a church you, you can belong to, you can feel part of. So we decided to come back and come back and come back. And what was really great was, was what happened actually uh, a few months in the, this coming back and forth of coming to Vineyard where I lost my job. Um, I was working at auction and that was a complete surprise to me. Um, so what did I do? Well, I trusted God. It's the only thing I could do, right? You can't just say, well, I got a lot of job lined up when you lost your job. So I ended up, you know, saying, Lord, you got our family. You've always had our family. And I started, you know, started talking to a couple of people here. I know I talked to Wes 
couple of times. He prayed with me and my family and basically let it let God take care of it. Two weeks later, God found me a job. And well, one week later, God found me a job. Thanks. <laughs> and, and and that's not to say that, you know, I've got some special connection with the big guy. No, but the, the, the moral of the story is that I did not at all freak out during that moment, that time. Why? Well, I put my faith in God, and then I let the church do the job of helping me get to know and remember God's love for us. And, and, and that was, that was after that, Abe and I were like, well, I think we made our decision. I think we can come to this church and be a part of this church and serve like we always did. And, and now we've made that commitment, and it just feels so fantastic to be a part of this wonderful family. So thank you so much for, for today. This is fun. We should do this every week. <laughs> so, hey, the flags up here, just so you know what, we, we, Christy and I were talking one night, and we were like, man, we, our church, you know, we, we're a small church, 50, 50 or so people, and yet we realized that we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like eight countries represented just in our church of where people are from, like, which is so cool. So, like, um, and so Christy has been making these flags, and uh, one at a time, so yeah, see some new crafting thing coming on, but I don't think uh, Elisa and Claire are here tonight, but Elisa is from Nigeria, uh, and so that's the Nigerian flag, uh, and there's other flags. This one is, this one is the Philippines, uh, Avril is from the Philippines, and then next to that is Costa Rica, uh, Javier, I missed, I messed him up. Oh, what's that one? Oh, that's Ethiopia. That's where my daughter's from. And then... Nice. Snap. <laughs> Our next speaker is... Uh, <laughs> and then the, the, we, have, we have a number of Cubans, and those, those guys are down here. Uh, we have some Hondurans, and we didn't make the Honduras flag yet, but it's on its way. And uh, the Taiwanese flag is on its way. So, uh, Karen... Yes, you are up. <laughs> Hi. Is this? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Wait, what? Project. Okay, got it. It's like, like throw up. I did that last night. Actually, I'm not feeling very well right now. Um, anyway, I'm Karen. I'm fairly new to this little community. I'm super new to New Orleans, too. I moved out here like a, a little over a year ago, a year and two months. Drove my car out, um, kind of on a big risk adventure um, from California. And I came out here, actually, I'd had a, um, I'd worked in high tech for a long time, and I came out with a consulting job. He tied me over while I got my uh, hospital chaplain job, but um, the hospital chaplain job wasn't forthcoming, and then two months after being here for two months, the consulting job blew up, which I should have expected, because high tech is so chaotic. Um, <laughs> so then I was like, okay, well, all right, you know. Um, and I wandered in here. I've been going to the um, vineyard in uh, Kenner, which is lovely, obviously, um, but I wandered in here to check it out and I remember um I don't know it was about I think it must have been let's see when did I must have been about August or so I had a couple of people pray for me and I'm kind of crazy about getting prayer I um 
love receiving prayer because I just feel like God really shows up in that way. And I think Christy and Jennifer, Christy and Jennifer prayed for me that day. I was like, I need a job, you know, like this is getting ridiculous. And I think like two weeks later, I got two job offers, which I really appreciated. <laughs> Again, not that I feel like I'm totally unique and special, but I really appreciate God showing up in a practical way. Um, and it was a big deal. It was a big deal because um, I'd kind of hung myself out there um, uh, risking that this particular uh, hospital chaplain employer would come through and hire me. And they did, which was awesome. So, um, And then uh, just recently I had a couple of uh, – it was Shiri and um, Candace and – I can't remember the third person that prayed. Mary. Ah, uh, yeah, so I had like a super messy situation at work um, where people were talking smack about me and it was like, blah, 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 you know, and I was like, oh, gotta suck it up and just, you know, but it's hard. It's hard when people are saying really, really crappy things about you and, you know, the wind is blowing really hard and you're like, okay, I'm just going to be, it, it's, it was hard. Anyway, and you these lovely ladies let me completely vent on them and um, prayed for me that God would intervene. And they prayed with faith and hope and um, they didn't judge my incredibly, I've been working on my swearing lately and I was swearing anyway, so they, they didn't judge me and I really appreciated that. <laughs> um, and God really showed up. He really sustained me in that situation. Um, and it's calmed down, and, and there's a lot of good fruit happening now as a result, and I really appreciate that. Um, so that's kind of been my experience so far, and that's all I have to share. I'm ha really super happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Appreciate that. All right, we have uh, one or two more. I know we have two more, so... Uh, Micah, yes, my boy, one of my boys. Hi, uh, my name is Micah, and if you'd like to get to know me, my office is right over here. Uh, it, it only seats one, though, so you'll have to stand. I wrote some stuff down because I'm forgetful sometimes. So, introduction. Right. So, I would like to start this off with how MCV has changed most of my life. It's mostly changed it because I moved from Kenner to Mid City in under eight months. Yeah, that was uh, intense. A lot of stuff happened. I had to change schools, which was a really big change since I have been at my school in Kenner for over three years. So that really put a lot of, I guess, stress on me because my entire world had kind of just changed. And the next thing I have to say is that MCV has helped me because I think now I'm becoming a little bit more wise, I guess, somewhat. Uh, so it's opened up my mind a lot about stuff that I think God has helped me with. And a couple of days ago, a friend of mine has, he's a, he's a big boy, I'm just going to say that. And he was getting made fun of just 
because I think he had did something he didn't mean to do, and kids were just throwing mean words at him. And that had really hurt his feelings. He had started to cry in school, and that's, you don't want to do that in seventh grade. So I had, I had gone down, it, we, it was at the end of the day, luckily, and so he was down at a carpool crying in his shirt. So I walked down over to him, and I was just talking to him, telling him stuff like, oh, don't listen to them. They're just being mean and whatever. And I just tried to comfort him, but I had to go because I had to do something. So later that day, well, actually, it was right after that, I went home, and I went to go talk to my dad because I was like, I wasn't sure what to do in this situation because, I mean, I didn't know what to do. So I talked to him, and he just told me, just, you got to be there for him. Got to go talk to him. Just tell him stuff that what they were saying didn't really matter. So I was like, yeah, all right, I'm going to do that. So I go to school the next day, and he wasn't there. And that bummed me out. So I was like, okay, so I had my day, and the next day he still wasn't there. And that was a Friday. So on Monday, he, he came to school, and I was really happy. And I asked him why he wasn't there, and he said, because of what happened on whatever day that was. And so I, I went over there, and I talked to him. And I just went over there and told him that um, what they had to say was not cool and that all I want you to know is that if someone like that were to ever happen again, uh, I'll be there for you. And if anything happens again, just come to me and I'll help you out, work it out with you. And he, he was pretty happy about that. And I was happy about that. So we were all, we were all pretty happy. Um, <laughs> Him and I were happy. Nobody else really cared. Uh, pretty sure God was smiling down at me. So that's what I think MCB and God himself had kind of pushed me, I guess, to do something like that. Because at, at school, stuff is really, it's really hard to, like, just to show kindness, I guess. Because then somebody would just come at you with, like, oh, why were you doing, saying that stuff to him. And then you, next thing you know, you're the person getting made fun of and you don't want that. So I was happy I did that. Okay, and then one more thing I have to say. That was my story. I can't make fun of my dad. My mom told me not to do that, so. <laughs> I had like a, I had a whole list of, of like stuff to say. I had like a really funny picture to show, but he didn't let me put it on the slides. So the last thing I wanted to say was my grandfather, not not my dad's dad, my mom's dad, because I call I call him Pops, and he has one leg. Yeah, and because of some weird disease or something that forgot that didn't let oxygen go to his foot, so they had a he went under and he came out with one leg, and he started freaking out. It's really funny. Um, so lately he, and he's a, he's a guy that isn't going to let anything really get in his way, which is, is, which is awesome, I except he has one leg and that he's old and he can hurt himself really easy. He's got like windows for the bones. And then, so lately he fell over and that wasn't good because he's old and his bones are fragile and he hurt his good leg, which isn't good anymore because you have three main arteries that go down your leg into your foot that give oxygen, and 
Two of them are rotten, and the one last thing is clogged. So when he fell over, he bruised his foot and started to get eternal bleeding, and he's really nervous because he goes to the doctor on March 6th, and he is nervous what they're going to say because he might have to go under surgery, and the last time he did that, he came out with one foot. So I would like to ask the church if we could all pray for him so that on the 6th, we get good results and he won't have to lose his leg because if he loses his other leg, he's not going to be able to do anything he likes. And that'll stink because then he'll be sleeping more than average. Yeah, so do we want to do that now? Uh, Robert? Yeah. Okay, so um, bow our heads. Like... Oh, sure. <laughs> I thought this was going to be one of those silent things. <laughs> you know, we're like, we all bow our heads, and then like one person just starts randomly talking, and it's like, amen. You can lead it, though. I think you got it. You got it. I think you got it. You can do this. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll all we'll bow our heads, and you pray, and we'll be with you. Okay. All right? Out loud. Bow your heads. Almighty Lord, <laughs> God, we ask tonight as a group, Mid City Vineyard, we ask now that maybe you could help my grandfather, Pops, or Robert, whatever you want to call him, to ask that on March 6th when he, when he goes to the doctor that he will not have to lose his other leg and that hopefully everything will be better than everything seems to be right now because I don't want him to lose his leg and he doesn't want him to lose his leg and he really likes his leg so I think all of us ask that he will be able to be better and get good results on March 6th at the doctor. Amen. Micah, thank you. That was incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Um, yeah, Pops only has one leg. I think one of the best uh, phone calls I ever got was when Micah and Jonah were a little bit younger. Micah's 13, Jonah's 12. I think when they were around, I don't know what, 9 and 10, 8 and 9. And Pops calls because the boys had been at his house. And he calls and he says, uh, hey, listen, I'm sitting in my recliner. I was asleep uh, when the boys left. Tootsie must have let him out. And uh, I got to go to the bathroom. Tootsie's not here anymore. And I don't know where my leg is. What do you mean you don't know where your leg is? He's like, the boys hit my leg. I took it off to take a nap, and the leg is gone. I need you to ask the boys where the leg is. So uh, just, just the greatest. But without both legs, that would be even worse. So <laughs> It's too much fun. So uh, over these last two years, we have made some incredible connections in the community. 
Uh, we have just had such a, a, a fantastic time as a church, connecting with, with, with folks and serving. And so tonight, super special treat. I, I called uh, my friend Toya, who is uh, the assistant principal at Esperanza. As you guys know, we've done a great number of things at Esperanza, uh, whether it was sock and underwear drives or uh, toothbrush, toothpaste drives, and, and we've adopted the teachers, and we've done all kinds of uh, wonderful just ways that we've been able to serve Esperanza. And Esperanza, in turn, uh, let us use their facility for the turkey giveaway, and we were able to give away, uh, I don't know, 30 or 40 turkeys this year, for Thanksgiving meals to people in our community. So I called Toya this week and asked her if she would be able to just bring a, a, a and something, say something to our church. I have no idea what she's going to say, but I would love to invite Toya. Why don't you welcome Toya? Because she so generously uh, came this evening. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Toya. As Brian said, I'm the assistant principal at Esperanza Charter School. I am really nervous right now being upstage by one of my former students. Oh my God! <laughs> he's, he's, he's <laughs> oh my God. So when I think of Brian and his family and the Mid City Venue Church, the word that comes to mind is gratitude. For us at Esperanza and me personally, I forged a relationship. We have friendship. I was like, oh my God, he just said this friend. Oh my God. <laughs> so, but honestly, this, I can tell you the day that they came in, it was August 8th. Why do I know that? Because that was the day that Esperanza was totally blessed. So we've been blessed to have Brian come into the school since. August 8th of 2016, and now it's 18. So, again, we are so grateful and thankful for everything that y'all have done for us so far. I don't know what happened, but one, I'm going to give you a little, a little bitty story. Maybe we were outside and it was raining, and um, we always do this thing where we try to hurry up and go get the kids out the car with our own umbrellas. And mine probably was really small. So um, maybe two days after that, Brian and his wife came and had this umbrella holder with Buku umbrellas. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, thank you. So we are still using those umbrellas today. But this here, I let me say something else. I live in Mid City, I work in Mid City. My doctor's office is in Mid-City. My dentist's office is in Mid-City. My little son, the eight-year-old, now attends Esperanza, so his school is in Mid-City. The only thing that's not in Mid-City for us right now is my husband's job, which he's a police officer, so he's across the river now, and my 15-year-old son, who attends the LaSalle now. But everything else that surrounds my life is here in Mid-City. The only thing I haven't done yet is visited this church, so I'm here. Hello. <laughs> but again, total gratitude, and I, I can't thank you guys enough. I said, and I prayed that I wouldn't cry, so 
I'm not going to cry, but I am totally in awe with everything that y'all do for the community and especially for Esperanza. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And please don't stop. Don't forget us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Toya. And just so you guys know, because sometimes we do some things, we, we kind of go on the fly there, but those umbrellas were, were from us. You know, I mean, we every week, every week we, we give as part of our offerings and, and we give uh, of our energy, but we give of our finances. And that's, you know, we have the mason jar, we have the app online, but that money enables us to, to be connected in our community in an incredible way. So when Esperanza needed 20 umbrellas, you know, we had the money to be able to buy them 20 umbrellas. And, and that's the same, that's kind of how, that's how it goes uh, with our community of faiths here. So, super cool. So, uh, that's everyone that I had lined up. Does anyone else want to grab the microphone for a second before we move on to the next, next thing? Going once, going twice. Oh, Seth. We have another of our... our Give it to me. You can just kind of bend over on it. I don't need to bend over. I'm not that tall. Oh, well, you're taller than I am. Not that much. So before I get started, I'm just going to say, like, a lot of my story is going to have to do with one topic. And, yeah, I play drums. Like, so a lot of my story is going to be about me playing drums because it leads up to the end. So, I've been playing drums since I was in fifth grade, so that was eight years ago. And, well, I kind of just kind of breeze, not through it, like, breeze through it as in, like, I just like, eh, sure, it's music, I'm just going to be in here for a couple years and see how far it gets. I went for high school band, that was fun, played cymbals, and really, it's just like, after my soft, after about my ninth grade year, my freshman year, I was just like, well, I guess I'm not really going to speak playing this anymore, just like, I wasn't finding any joy in it, until I saw my best friend at the time, um, and this is before I knew that he ended up being one of the best drummers in New Orleans at the time, he is now, so I asked him, just like, hey, you mind teaching me a couple things, that looks pretty fun, after I saw him showing off on the drum he played, so I didn't think he would take that to heart or anything, until about a month later, he started sending me, just, he'd take a video of himself playing on the drum, and I had to teach myself how to play it through these videos that he would show me, that he would send to me. And I think I still have all 30 of those videos, and I watched every single one to learn how to play. I got a little drum pad, just beat, just beat on the drum pad every night. My entire sophomore year was, I pretty much just said I was not going to have a life. I was going to practice because I wanted to make that drum on the drum line the next year. And I didn't have a life that whole sophomore year. And... I, yeah, I was a little shy towards everything. Like, once you know me, you know I talk a lot. Um, but when it came to strangers, I was very, very, very shy. I just couldn't talk to them. I just really couldn't talk to them that much. So, like, this right here is a big step from what I would normally do because I could not even talk to any of you people. Um, so, after my sophomore year, I eventually did make it on that drum. And I was just progressing as far as I could. I kept 
I kept surrounding myself from people that were always better than me to teach me. Um, this kind of leads, I'm going to step, step to the side for a quick second to tell you how I got to Mid-City here. I was always went to a vineyard with them until my mom says, hey, we're going to a different church. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I come here, and it, was actually, it wasn't even at this church. It was at some guy's house. I'm like, this is a weird church, and it was just at a house. <laughs> and I sat at the kitchen table, and I saw good old Brian coming up here, get a guitar, and then like get, have like a, I don't know, it was like a clipboard of, that was the, the original, that was a clipboard. And... <laughs> We'd have communion with like little pieces of bread. I'm like, this is very discount church. I'm like, I, I, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> um, and he and I eventually realized that that was the last day they had it at a house because I remember Brian announcing that they found a church and it was this place. And then we started going to the room in there. And I went into the back room in there and I just the first thing I noticed was not the cross, not the pews, but I noticed a drum set. I think it was this one. I notice a drum set in the back. So, of course, being me, that's the first place I go to. And I just start kind of hitting around a little bit. That was about it. That's how, I, that's how Brian caught the mill that I, would learn that I was a drummer, that just from me going straight to the drum set. And I remember meeting – I really didn't talk to Brian the first day I met him, but it was after a couple weeks after that when I came here for the first time where I started talking to Brian. Um, and I just got to say, he's, you are the kind of nicest guy I know. You just are. And like he's like, and I can tell that because like, whenever topic you're talking to him about, he is you can see he's genuinely interested. Like he wants to hear every word you say, and I love that because I like to talk. <laughs> so, um, so like for example, one day it was my junior year. I just finished my junior year, and I was still playing drums. I was thinking I was like top of the world. I was just. I, was re I received a drum captain. I was going to be leading the drum line after two years of really trying. So that was like a proud achievement of me. And I'm like, and I kept on saying, like, I want to I wanna go to college at LSU. So I decided to go. They had a couple audition camps for their drum line. And you got to be a senior to go to it. Like, you had to be a graduated senior to go to it. So I managed to get there a year early because I have connections with, within the drum line. Some of my good friends are in there. So I got there a year early. And I'm going in there playing with them, and I'm just looking around like, wow, these guys are a lot better than me. And just like, I just, I'm just, I was speechless watching them play. And after like the second day of watching them play and like playing with them a little bit, and I couldn't keep up, and I'm just thinking like, I, got a, I have one year to get that good. I cannot do this. So it was the two-hour car ride home. And I had church, so I was going to church at the end of the day. So it was about a two-hour car ride home to church. And I'm just like, the thing with me is I cannot be kept in silence because my mind hates me. I get, my mind gets negative quick. So I'm just like thinking like, yeah, I'm not going to make it. Just like these guys are too good. And I just lost. And like every bit of confidence I'd ever gotten through the past two years of drumming just breezed away after going to that one camp. And I was bummed at church that afternoon. I wasn't talking to anyone. Like I wasn't like I was talking to anyone anyway. But I just <laughs> wouldn't talk at all. And eventually, I heard Brian say at the end, like, "If anyone needs to come up and get a prayer, that should be good." I'm like, eh, "You know, it might as well." And I told him my story, and he heard my whole story about it, and he just said, "I'll pray for you." I even got like a message like a couple weeks later saying, "Hey, we're keeping you in our prayers, in our thoughts, and everything about your drums." I'm like, "Wow." 
I thought he forgot about that. I thought it was just like a, you tell them, they say they'll pray for you, and then they just forget about praying for you. And that's just like, that just kind of got me the gist of how this is the real deal. Like, this guy just, he prayed for me. He didn't forget about me, about, like, and this random kid that he barely knows. And after just, that was last summer. I just got to say, like, this past year for me in drumming is the most progressive I've ever had. Like, I think I'm by the, behind their coattails right now for that next audition camp that I'm going to in the summer. And I'm going to say I'll be prepared for that. Hope, and I got the audition date on August 10th. So about, I've been keeping track, so about 164 days left. <laughs> and it's at 1 p.m. at Tiger Band Hall, and I know exactly how the audition process works. That's how much I've committed to that drum line. I know I came up here, I talked about drums a lot, but I'm just like, I came up mostly to talk about just like my passion for drums just leads into my life because drumming as of right now is the biggest thing in my life. It is my life right now. Like, there was a point in time my sophomore year where drumming was the only thing that made me happy. It was just, that was just it. So when I drum, I'm good. I'm always happy. So like I walked in today and I saw the drum set and I got excited. That just gave, that just, and I talked to, and I learned Javier was playing. I'm like, so I talked to Javier for about 20 minutes just about drums. I could talk about drums for hours because it's so good. You just, just basic rhythms and stuff. Like I, you, I'm, I have like, I have what I call nervous energy, whenever, and I don't notice I'm doing it, but I tap a lot. I'm on tap my arms, tap my legs, tap my chair, tap my table, tap my chest. I'm told by teachers to shut up. I'm told by friends to shut up because I don't realize I'm tapping. I've been tapping. I, I didn't realize until earlier. I was tapping on the chair the whole time everyone was speaking, and just like that's just because like my hands can't stop moving. That's just. That kind of got me to just like, I like drum, like that proves to me that I love drumming that much that even when I put the drum down, I still had to keep playing because my hands don't want to stop. So that's kind of my story, just kind of want to share with you, just like, I'm a drummer, I'm a pretty decent guy, I think, I think. Um, yeah, that's about it, I'm a drummer. That's about it with me. Seth, there's this old movie called Chariots of Fire. <laughs> I figured you hadn't. And yeah, and there's this there's this dude in it named uh, Eric Little, and he uh, he's pursuing a missionary life. It's connected to the Holy Spirit. It's connected to God, but he's pursuing this missionary life, and his family uh, is going. I think it's to China, but he is an amazing, amazing runner. Uh, he loves to run long distances. His passion is running long distances. And he's so good that he actually has uh, the ability to go to the Olympics to run. And his family tells him, they're like, listen, the, the Olympics, it, it overlaps with this mission to China where we're going to uh, you know, do these things that missionaries do, spread the, spread the word of Jesus and these kinds of things. And, and they say, you've got you to be in on this. You've you got to bypass and skip the Olympics in order to do this. And Eric Little, eventually, he says, no, I, I have to run. I have to go to the Olympics. I have to run because it's when I run that I feel God's pleasure. It's when I run that I am most connected to the divine. I have to do this. 
And to me, that is a picture of kind of what, what you're talking about here. It, it is a picture that the divine is so fully into who we are as people. And that the divine smiles on the things. The divine is the one that, that creates passion and, and, and breathes creativity into us. And so I just want to bless what's happening there with you on the drums. Like that is a good thing. And it's something I pray that you really experience the pleasure of the divine even in the midst of your drumming uh, as you continue to progress in your days. Because it's a good thing. It's something that God has given to you. It's a passion. It's a creative process. And so I just want to bless that in you. And, um, and uh, the things that you said about me, that was not, uh, that was not uh, Rig, I want to thank you. No one has ever said that this is the nicest person that I've ever met. Ever. Not even my wife. So I think that there was... It's just it, <laughs> so, uh, Micah, the, we're going to move into this. So this is our last thing, and then I'm going to uh, uh, just pray blessings on us, and then we're going to eat together. Uh, but you can stay seated here. This is uh, a little slideshow that we have prepared. So when we were in the process of planting here, there were so many things that spoke to me. There are so many ways that I believe the Spirit of God speaks to us. Through movies, through through musicals, through through nature, uh, through music, and so some of the music that has been used so greatly in my life, uh, uh, Dave Matthews Band has uh, spoken volumes to me in my life, and some of the, the things that uh, Dave Matthews has written. Uh, Eminem has played an amazing role in my life. Uh, I know that might sound odd to many, but. Um, yeah, it's like some of Eminem's stuff has just sent me over the top in uh, uh, how I understand forgiveness and how I understand reconciliation. Uh, Tom Petty uh, has, has done wonders for me uh, in his lyrical genius uh, way. And so one of the songs that uh, really spoke to me in the process of us moving towards planting this church was his song, uh, Won't Back Down. And, uh, and so what we did is we, we kind of put this song together with, with some song, with some uh, pictures, and I hope you enjoy the pictures as we move into this. So, all right. <laughs> 